Hi folks, this is Bob Main. Welcome to another episode of Today's Survival Show. Helping you do what you can with what you have, wherever you are. This is episode 193 of A Practical Show, folks. I don't go tinfoil hat on you. In other words, I'm not one of those conspiracy theorists or anything like that. I'm not one of those whacked out, you know, on the fringe dweller type guys that are into survival. I'm into preparedness and survival, but from a common sense perspective. I'm a family man. I am just an ordinary guy like most of you. Or, you know, I'm not, I know I've got ladies listening to this, but my point is I'm an ordinary person just trying to be better prepared for what might hit me in this life. And I approach this podcast from several different perspectives. You know, I talk about everything from financial preparedness to being more responsible with your safety and with your security to storing supplies and food and water and tools and things like that and organizational skills and all kinds of things. Things that will help you out today and things that will help you out even if the stink hits the fan. This episode is going to be about a topic that won't cost you any more money. How's that? I'm going to share with you a way to get better prepared, and it shouldn't cost you anything. That seems to get most people's attention. Most most preppers, we're, we're very frugal people, you know, and people like it when they're presented with ideas that don't cost much. So that's my goal, and the holiday season's coming up. So because the holiday season is upon us here, it's it's 2012 right now. It's in December of 2012. Just in case you listen to this podcast sometime into the future, I'm recording this right now during the first week of December in the year 2012. So the topic is holiday safety. Being safe during the holidays. A lot of what I'm going to talk about in this is just plain old situational awareness. And I'm, I'm practicing some of what I'm talking about right now as I speak because I am driving in my mobile studio, which is my 2002 Honda Accord, completely paid for. I've had this vehicle a couple of years. I hate car payments, folks. I just absolutely hate car payments. I think, you know, I'm going to get off topic here just a little bit. I think car payments are one of the worst, absolute worst investments you can possibly make is to buy a new expensive car. I don't do that. I buy used cars and pay cash for them now. That's our philosophy. And uh, i got 121,000 miles on this Honda Accord. I'm probably going to run this thing at 200,000. I do the regular maintenance as scheduled. And I'm just, I'm a frugal person. That's it. I'm a frugal person. And it pays off. It really pays off. And the way the world's going today, with this new reality we have in the world today. If you go back a few episodes, I interviewed Glenn Tate, the author of the book 299 Days. We talked about a new reality. The United States of America has changed. I have international listeners, too. Let me speak to all of you international listeners. The United States of America has changed. This is no longer the country it once was. I think we all need to wake up to that new reality. We need to accept it. We need to take personal responsibility. And we need to live within it. And it's still very livable. It's easy to live with this new reality. We just have to make the decision to do it. So my goal as I I open the show is to help you do what you can with whatever you have, wherever you are. And when I say wherever you are, I mean wherever you happen to be in life. Not just your location, but wherever you are, 
whatever situation you happen to be in your life. It's my goal to help you learn how to deal with it. And to me, that's the epitome of survival and preparedness, is dealing with the cards we are dealt. So, let's get into some holiday safety. Oh, hey, by the way, before the main topic, I forgot to say... There are several ways to get a hold of me if you wish to do so. You can email me at bob at todayssurvival.com. There's two S's in that, remember. When you go to the website, todayssurvival.com, put two S's, todayssurvival.com. Email me at bob at todayssurvival.com. Please join our forum. Had a lot of new members lately. If you'd like to become a member of our forum, go to todayssurvival.com, click the forum button. Send me an email after you register for the forum. That's how I keep spammers out. If you're listening to this show, I know that you are a listener and you're very interested in joining the forum. Send me an email to tell me that you have registered. And I will approve you probably in less than 24 hours. Give me your username that you used to sign up. Okay? You can email me at bob at todayssurvival.com. So, holiday safety. The main topic. First of all, let's talk about driving during the holidays. We're going to be making shopping trips and things like that. It's going to require a lot of extra safety precautions. Would you agree with me on that? It's very important to... Well, I think it's important to do this all the time. But I especially want to talk about this and you know, for, for the holidays. Now, there's a really good information source from... The uh, Harris County District Attorney's Office in Harris County is, is the, uh, the Houston area. And uh, this person wrote an article. This person is also one of the directors with Crime Stoppers. And I will put a link to this article in the show notes. So if you find the show notes at todayssurvival.com, and I also put all the links on the forum as well, you'll be able to read the entire article if you're a reader and you like to check into all that stuff couple of things. Let's talk about driving during the holidays. Avoid driving alone or at night. I, You know what? I hate driving at night. I drive alone a lot, but I hate driving at night. I try to avoid it. You know, I, it's just kind of me, okay? Now, this next one is interesting, but you'd be amazed how many people don't do it. Keep all doors locked, all car doors locked, and the windows closed. <laughs> Do you know, I do a lot of traveling. I'm a road warrior. I put, you know, 3,000 miles on every month for business. So I'm all over the place. I live in South Texas. I live in San Antonio, Texas. And I travel all over Texas and Louisiana for my full-time job. I'll tell you what. You, I pull into parking lots. You would not believe I still see cars. I still see cars with windows open, parked. I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, it's just amazing. Okay, when you park, when you're out driving around and you you're, you stop somewhere at a store to shop, when you park, avoid parking next to vans, or or don't park next to trucks with camper shells, or 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 large vehicles like large SUVs with tinted windows. Park as close as you can to your destination and take note of where you park. Now, I love I have an iPhone. I like to use the app Find My Car, and uh, I tell you what. If you're wandering around in a parking lot and you can't find your car, you look like prey. Let me tell you what. You look like prey. Have, an, have, have authority when you walk. Know where you're going. Don't be distracted. Get off the cell phone when you're walking in a parking lot, especially at night. Folks, if you're walking through a parking lot 
especially you ladies, get off the cell phone. Guys, you too, don't be distracted. Be looking around you. Be aware of your surroundings. Know where you're going. Stand in a well-lit area just outside the store. Use If you have an iPhone or some other phone that gives you the app to find your car, do that if you don't know where your car is. Use the Find Your Car app. It works very well. But don't look like prey. The most important thing I'm telling you here is that bad people, they watch you. Especially in a dark parking lot at night. Okay, don't leave packages or valuables on the seat of your car. Out of sight, out of mind. Once again, you wouldn't believe. You wouldn't believe some of the things that I see. Laying out in plain sight in people's cars. I mean, this creates a big temptation for thieves. If you have to put, if you have to leave something in your car, put it in the trunk, put it out of sight. If you have a vehicle that does not have a trunk, blankets. Um, when I when I drove an SUV, I always carried a lot of blankets or large bags, and I like blankets because if it's something that's not real tall, I can slide it under a blanket, and I can crumple up the blanket a little bit. And it'll perfectly disguise something in the back of an SUV and you won't even know that there's something underneath the blanket. And some kind of a thief who's glancing in your, cl- in your car, all he's going to see is a blanket. I mean, think about that. You know, you want to try to disguise whatever valuables you have in your car as best you can. Disguise them so they don't look like something valuable. When you approach your car or you leave your car in a parking lot, be aware of your surroundings. Now, how many of you carry a flashlight with you all the time? A flashlight's one of the best survival and preparedness tools you can have. Even if it's just an inexpensive $10 flashlight. Ladies, my wife carries a very small flashlight in her purse. Everybody should have a flashlight. I have a 5.11 tactical flashlight that I keep in my pocket all the time. I mean all the time. It's small, but it pumps out 170 lumens. As a matter of fact, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start an everyday carry store. By the time you hear this, I'm going to start an everyday carry store on todayssurvival.com. There's going to be a page that says My EDC Store, and it'll be a bunch of Amazon links, and I'll put a link on there to the flashlight that I use that I really like, very reasonably priced. The best thing about, and by the way, if you want to get a flashlight like that, you will help support today's survival show by going to my everyday carry store at todayssurvival.com. Buy it from Amazon. It's the same price as you'd buy it from Amazon on your own, but I will earn a small fee and you'll help me out because I have an Amazon Associates account. So that would be really great if you could do that for me. If anything you want to buy on Amazon, anything, go to todayssurvival.com first and then... Uh, go to, then after you're into my Amazon store, you could just click any link, any Amazon link that I've got up there, or any product link that I've got up there, and then you can shop around, get whatever you want off of Amazon, and it will help me out. So, as you know, I don't have any sponsors on this show, and uh, I keep it that way so that you don't have to listen to a bunch of commercials. So, because of the generosity of listeners like you, I'm able to keep this show going. That would really help. But a flashlight is a terrific tool. Now, I flash my flashlight around my car and inside of my car if it's nighttime before I get in. Okay, I, I, you know what? Guess what I'm looking for? I'm looking for a bad guy hiding. Okay, I flash around my car. I flash briefly underneath my car and I flash inside the windows and I get a quick glance of the inside of my vehicle at night before I get into it. The other thing is make sure that you locate your keys 
before you go into your car. I always have my keys in hand. I always have my keys in hand with them sticking out, with some of the couple of the keys sticking out through my knuckles. It's a great weapon. I can use it to hurt somebody pretty good if somebody comes up and tries to assault me while I'm getting in my car. As well as I've got a crenulated bezel on my flashlight. By the way, have the flashlight in your hand when you approach your car. The best place to have any kind of a weapon is already in your hand. Here's what's great about flashlights, keys, and certain knives. Flashlights, keys, and certain knives, they're not illegal. You know, when it comes to knives, know the knife laws where you live. And, you know, but, but there's you can already have it in your hand. It's not illegal to walk around that way. It's not illegal to walk around with a flashlight in your hand. You know, since when is that illegal? I have a tactical pen. I have a Columbia River knife and tool tactical pen that I love. I like to keep that tactical pen in my hand. It's a great striking tool. I'll put a I'll put a link to the tactical pen in my everyday carry store at todayssurvival.com too. I highly recommend it. It's about like a little over thirty dollars. It's and it's a great pen as well. By Columbia River knife and tool. So none of these things are illegal to have in your hand while you're approaching your car, when you're in a parking lot, for example. And this can be applied anytime, not just during the the um, holiday season. But locate your keys. Don't be standing in front of your car fumbling, rumbling through your purse or, or rumbling through your pockets, guys, or your coat pockets or whatever, trying to find your keys. Before you leave the store, before you leave the well-lit store, have those keys ready to go. Ladies, if you have to, ask for mall security. Mall security or store security to escort you to your car. Okay? Before you leave the store. Just common sense stuff like this, folks. Uh, you'd be amazed. You know, most of these dirt bags that hang around in parking lots and stuff like that, most of them are looking for easy prey. Don't make yourself an easy target. Make yourself a hard target, not a soft target. Okay, let's talk about protecting kids during the holidays. One of the worst things I could think of is something happening to my son during the holidays. And in the holidays can be particularly dangerous for kids. And there's some very simple preventative measures that you can take to keep your kids safe. The best thing... If possible, if you can pull this off, in my opinion, one of the best things that you can do is if you have small children, if you have very, very young children, leave them at home with a babysitter. If you can pull it off, if you can do it, if you can afford it and and so forth and you got a trusted babysitter, leave them at home. If they have to go with you, there are things that you can do, but probably the, the, the safest place they're going to be is at home. Now, if you have a child that's not a toddler, someone that's old enough to... Uh, for example, go to a store clerk and ask for help if they're separated from you. Teach them how to do that. Teach them what to say and and teach them not to be afraid of doing that. My parents did that when I was young, when me and my brothers were young and my sister when we were young. My, my mother was very, very diligent in that. and She taught us not to be shy about going up and asking a store clerk or asking uh, somebody. And she taught us how to spot the people who work for the store. You know, one of the first things that she would do is whenever she found a worker in the store, she would point him out. And she would say, hey, Bob, you see the name tag that, that she's wearing and the name of the store? You see that she's wearing a shirt with a name tag? You find a person like that, and if we get separated, you ask her to take you to a place where I can find you. All right? The biggest problem with kids is wandering off. Teach them to stay close to you at all times while shopping. And never allow... Here's a big thing here. Never allow 
children to make unaccompanied trips to the restroom. Wow, you would not believe how much I have seen that. Don't let them make unaccompanied trips to the restroom. Now, I, I'll tell you. Well, I'll tell you what my mother used to do. This, you know, because obviously my mother could not go into the uh, men's room when I was little, and I had to go to the bathroom. My mother would find a male store clerk, and she would ask him if he would walk in and supervise me while I was in the restroom. Nine times out of ten, they would do that. At the very worst, she would watch me go into the restroom and stand right outside the entrance and wait. And obviously she couldn't go in the restroom. She couldn't see what, if anything was happening to me while I was in there. But she watched me go in and she was right there when I came out. This is when I was a small child. I remember that. She did that with my brothers as well. Now, my son is almost 15 years old. He's also very well-trained in martial arts. Very well-trained. Um, I've taken him on, and he can hold his own. <laughs> uh, he's very, very well-trained, and he's, uh, he's very tough. I still don't like to let him go by himself. Now, I know that he could probably take care of himself pretty well if somebody tried to do something to him, but not if he's outnumbered. See, that's the other thing is bad people will sometimes work in packs. They'll work in small packs. They'll try to outnumber you. And I don't care what kind of training you have. If you're outnumbered, it's going to be kind of tough. I carry a gun, but my son can't do that. My son's 15, almost 15. He can't carry a gun. So I try not to even let him go by himself as much as I can help it. Now, kids should also never be allowed to go to the car alone. And, of course, never leave them alone in the car. Just common sense, folks. You're just opening yourself up for trouble. Just try not to do that. The other thing with young kids, here's something else. Teach kids their full name, their address, and telephone number to give to a police officer or mall security. This is important. Kids can memorize a lot more than you think. Okay, Have them memorize their full name, your full name, your full address, and your telephone number. And you tell them that they don't tell anybody else that unless the person is a police officer or unless the person is a security guard who's at the store or the mall. And last but not least, teach kids to immediately tell you if there's a stranger bothering them. A lot of this is just common sense, right? Just common sense. But, unfortunately, common sense ain't so common these days. And... I think a lot of this stuff bears repeating, and we need to we need to remind ourselves of it. You know, it helps me. One of the reasons I do this podcast is because by doing this, by talking to you about preparedness and survival, it helps me, too. So that's kind of the cool thing. I get a benefit just like you because, you know, whenever you have to present this stuff, it just really makes you think and dig deep into it. And every time I do an episode, when I get done, when I press the... Um, the button to turn my recorder off, I reflect for about five minutes on what I said, and I, I teach myself something. It's pretty cool. Okay, now let's talk about being at home during, during the holidays. Answering your door. Be aware that criminals sometimes pose as couriers delivering gifts. You, know, you see that? There's a lot of reports about that. Now, I'm not saying that everybody delivering gifts is, is bad, 
And I'm not saying that everybody coming to your door asking for donations and things during the holidays is bad, but you got to be where criminals like to take advantage of the holiday season and they like to prey on those who are unsuspecting and those who are generous i'm a generous person i'm not unsuspecting though i've learned to practice good situational awareness and i've learned to pretty much question everything but i am generous once i can verify that it's a safe situation i'm a generous person but be very careful when someone you do not know comes to your door during the holiday season It's not uncommon for criminals to take advantage of the generosity of people, like I mentioned. And a lot of them will come by and they'll solicit donations for charitable causes. And many times those charitable causes are bogus. There's there's no charity involved. So ask them for their ID. Find out how the donated funds are going to be used if you do donate. And if you're not satisfied, then don't do it. If you want to donate, find a legitimate organization and make a direct donation. I'm very uh, very leery about door-to-door people that are coming selling stuff, uh, trying to say, well, we're trying to keep kids off the streets or something like that, or we're taking donations for, uh, you know, to get toys for kids and stuff. I, When we donate during the holiday season, we have a program that's sponsored through our church. And we've done our homework, and we know that our church does they they have a very legitimate purpose for the money and the money goes where it's supposed to and we donate to the outreach program for our church if we're going to donate that's one of the things that we like to do and that you know that just be real wary of that and especially door-to-door people coming through um teach your teach your kids this applies not just during the holiday season but, it, you know, since, since activity like this seems to ramp up during the holidays, it's one of the reasons I'm putting it into this episode. Oh, man. You know, I was at a friend's house. I was at a friend's house, and I saw this a little over a month ago. He's got a nine-year-old daughter, and she answered the door by herself at night. Somebody rang the doorbell. She goes to the door and unlocks it and flips it open. Now, it just happened to be a neighbor kid stopping by. But it was dark, and how did she know? Teach your kids not to do that. Don't just run up to the door, unlock it, and flip it open. No, no, no. Teach them to verify who it is. Teach them how you would prefer that they verify who it is first. And by the way, even once they verified, don't let them open the door until you're there. Don't let them open the door until you are there. I go to the door every time somebody comes. Whether my wife or my son is going to actually open the door, I'm standing there, and unfortunately, you know what? I hate to tell you this, but I'm standing there with a gun, and I'm not. the gun's not in my hand. The gun is in my holster, concealed. I do carry it home. You should carry it home. The gun's in my holster, and it's concealed, but I'm ready. I've got my hands in a ready position, and somebody would never know that I got a gun, just in case. There are bad people out there. I know you might be thinking, oh, Bob, I can't, I can't stand the fact that we have to live that way. Wake up, folks. Wake up. I know that there's people out there that, that, that don't like what I'm saying right now when I say carry a gun at home and answer their door with, with a concealed handgun. But let me tell you what, folks. That's the world we live in. Wake up and face it. It's a new reality. Please wake up and face that fact. Okay, now let's talk about protecting your money during the holidays. Uh, Specifically, your your wallet or your purse. 
Okay, let's talk about one uh, simple ways to protect your wallet. Protecting your wallet, protecting your purse, stuff like that. I want to talk about what not to have in your purse. Purses and wallets, they get they get lost, stolen, snatched, whatever. A lot during the holidays, especially. Here's what most experts recommend not to have in your purse or your wallet. You'd be surprised how many people do this. Bank account numbers. PIN numbers. In other words, don't have PIN numbers for your your bank account for the ATM machine written down and stuck in your wallet or in your purse. Don't have a passport stuck in your purse or anywhere like that. Okay, birth certificates, don't have that. Or social security cards. Okay, this is information that you don't want getting out. Now, you'd be amazed how many people keep this kind of stuff. Okay, bank account numbers. Well, guess what? If you carry a checkbook, your bank account number and your routing number is on that check. Okay, I, you know, this is something that frustrates me. My wife loves to carry checks around in her purse. And, you know, in today's society, I just don't think we need them anymore. I mean, if you can write a check, you can also pay with cash. And people will say to me, well, Bob, isn't carrying cash more dangerous? No, it's not. If you're carrying a couple hundred dollars worth of cash and somebody steals your purse, well, they got a couple hundred dollars worth of cash, but they don't have your bank account number, they don't have your credit cards, they don't have your routing number for your bank account. Okay, they got a couple hundred dollars in cash, but they didn't get anything else beyond that if you didn't have it in your wallet or have it in your purse. But my wife likes to carry those checks around. We barely even write checks anymore. It's just kind of something that she's having a hard time getting over. Uh, Real quickly, going to grab a phone call. Okay, I had to take a business call there. That comes first. Something else I want to say about your wallet and your your purses. Uh, when you go shopping, just take one credit card with you. Don't take all of them. I mean, if your purse is lost or so, stolen, now a thief has everything. Just take one. Take one. If I hate credit cards anyway. I don't like them. But if you must use credit cards, have one credit card with a very, very small limit that you use to do your shopping. And, of course, pay it off. Pay it off. Pay it off. Um, I just, I like to take cash. The reason I take cash is because, first of all, when I go shopping, I'm armed. So if you're going to mess with me, there's a very good chance you're going to be looking down the barrel of my gun. Or you're going to be presented with a knife or a tactical flashlight or all of those. Okay? But one of the reasons I like to pay with cash is it helps me limit my spending, which is very, very important. It's way too easy to overspend when you use a credit card. So I leave my credit cards at home in the safe. We have a safe at home. I would suggest it. I'm just going to try to throw this suggestion out, see what you think. If you have to take a credit card or a debit card, take a small one. When I say a small one, with a small limit on it. That way, if it's lost or stolen, you can hopefully cancel it real quickly. But if if a thief tries to charge a bunch of stuff, they're not going to get very far because you've got a very small limit on it. Same with online shopping. If you're going to be shopping online, have one debit card or credit card dedicated to an account with a very, very small balance. That way, if your identity is stolen or your credit card number and your authorization number and stuff like that happen to get into the wrong hands, you're not going to be giving away a whole bunch of money. Now, there are some states that still use Social Security numbers on driver's licenses. Very few, but uh, you know, hopefully yours is not the state that does that. 
Now, guys, about your wallets. Let's talk to you about that. Don't take your wallet out until you actually need it. Okay? And don't start flashing a bunch of lots of money around either. What I like to do is I like to keep money in different pockets. And I memorize, of course, how much cash I put in each pocket. And I'll have money in three or four pockets in my pants. And so that way, if I buy an item that's $40, I'm only taking 40 or $50 or maybe $60 out of one pocket. What you want to avoid is you want to avoid pulling out a big wad of cash, a big, huge wad of 20s or 50s or 100s, and people seeing that. Don't be flashing your money around. Don't make yourself a target. Again, don't tell potential bad guys how much you have. Make yourself look poor. Right? I mean, if you got a bunch of money and people see that, that's one of the techniques that you might want to think about. Never put your wallet down alongside a cash register. I've done that. Whoo, man. Okay? Um, unless your hand is attached to it, don't put it down. Okay. Now, a few more, uh, few more tips here I want to share with you. And this will be a relatively short show, so I'll probably uh, wrap it up pretty soon. So, many of us are in the habit of talking on cell phones. Or, or texting or typing on phone screens as you walk. Bad idea. You know, you're, you're, you're diverting your attention to something else and not what's around you. Can it wait? You know, can it wait? Don't talk on the cell phone or send out a text or be surfing the internet or, or typing out an email while you're walking around. Like, for example, when you're leaving a store after shopping and you're headed to your car. Or you're leaving a restaurant where you just got done eating. You know, can it wait? Can it wait the short time? until you get into your car. And, of course, if you're the driver, you know, obviously don't be doing it when you're driving. Do I really need to go there? If you're the passenger, can it wait until you get to your car? I mean, that would be uh, that'd be ideal. But don't take, you know, if you've ever answered your cell phone in, in public, you're, you're, you're not situationally aware. And when you, again, see, you're, you're a much easier target when you're not paying attention. Okay? Take your keys out before you leave the store. Have them ready when you get to the car. Avoid fumbling around in your purse or in your pocket, guys, or fumbling through the packages or something for your keys once you're already out in your in the parking lot. Okay? Uh, ladies, if you're carrying a purse, uh, keep a purse close to you and on your shoulder. Don't leave your purse in shopping baskets or, or in changing rooms or anything like that. Now, the last thing I want to talk about, and then I'll wrap it up here, uh, is counterfeit money. During the holiday season, it's, it's actually pretty well known that counterfeit money uh, in, circul- in circulation tends to increase. You know, I mean, the, hey, the, the counterfeiters see an opportunity there. They see the ability to, um, to uh, cash in, no pun intended. Look at the money you receive. Compare a suspect note with a genuine note of the same denomination and the same series. Pay attention to the quality of the printing and the paper characteristics. Some people just, you know, when they're handed money, they just grab it and jam it in your wallet. Look at it. All right? Who cares what people think of you? Look at it. Compare it. Okay, don't leave the cash register. Believe it or not, I mean, a lot of cashiers are passing counterfeit money, and they don't know it because they're not paying attention. It's up to you. The responsibility falls on you. Okay, hold it up to the light, take a look at it. If you're given a $20 bill that just doesn't quite look right, if it looks a little off, even if it doesn't look off, if you're handed a $20 bill, hold it up to the light and make sure that it looks like the other $20 bill that you got in your wallet. Okay, so check it out. Look for differences. Look for differences or similarities. 
And I'll give you one tip. You know the portrait, the portrait of the president that's uh, that whatever president is on the bill that you're looking at. Usually, it's very lifelike and it kind of stands out distinctly from the background. If it's a counterfeit bill, that portrait is going to look pretty lifeless, pretty flat. It's going to merge into the background quite. You know, it'll be blending in, and it's usually a little bit too dark, and it's usually not quite as sharp and crisp. Okay, so and that's that's if it's a poor counterfeiter. A good counterfeiter might make it pretty tough, but you know, there's ways to limit it. Just pay attention, folks. Pay attention. You know, treat treat traveling and shopping and eating and stuff around the holidays. Treat it with more seriousness. Don't walk around in the state of oblivion. Be aware, take the necessary steps, carry with you what you can carry. Because, and by the way, also too, during the holidays, uh, maintain your vehicles. If you got a vehicle problem, uh, you know, try to scrape the money together or save it up. Take care of it. One of the worst things you can have is you can have a vehicle breakdown during the holidays. It's much more difficult to get help during the holidays, especially uh, as it gets closer and closer to Christmas and New Year's. There's a lot of people taking time off work. If you need to get a tow truck, it might be harder. You might get stranded for longer. You could end up waiting longer if you have to get a tow truck, if you don't know how to fix your car. If your vehicle breaks down, for example, stuff like that. So try to, if you can, you know, if you got if you got that maintenance problem that you've been putting off and putting off and putting off all year, get it done and get it done now. Even if it's something simple. If it's a major thing that's going to cost several dollar, several thousand dollars and you can't afford it, well, I can understand that. But if it's a little thing that could turn into a big thing, take care of that. You know, if you got a starter going out in the car, if you got a battery that's going out or something like that, replace it. You know, spend the 70 bucks to get a good battery and replace it so that you get reliable starting. Especially for those of you who live up north in the cold climates. Uh, being from Wisconsin, I, I know. You know, uh, it's important to have well-maintained vehicles, especially when you're in a cold climate. And by the way, I realized something that I, I made a mistake on earlier. I don't think any more states put Social Security numbers on driver's licenses. I think they've stopped that. Um, that thought just kind of popped into my head. I don't know why. I guess because I was talking about IDs and things like that. But I remember back in the day when they used to do that. If I'm not mistaken, if some of you live in a state where they still do put Social Security numbers on your driver's licenses, let me know. But I don't think so. I think they've pretty much all stopped doing that. Which is a good thing. Okay, folks, that's pretty much it. Kind of a short show, but I wanted to just kind of give you some situational awareness tips here for the holidays. And uh, thanks for listening to another episode. I told you that this was going to be one that wasn't going to cost you any money. It's just going to cost you a little bit of common sense and time and awareness and things like that. Uh, If you've got more to add to this, I would love to hear it. Send me an email. Uh, get on the forum. Put some information on there if you want. Again, my email address is bob at todayssurvival.com. Uh, go to the forum. Send me an email if you're going to join the forum. And by the way, if you like what I do here, please consider helping um, to support my show. I have what's called the Survival Champions Club. It's an exclusive podcast put together with some good material on there. Um, I've got some experts on first aid preparedness. I've got some experts on knife sharpening and tool sharpening and using herbs and things like that. And uh, just some good everyday survival tips on there that I've never covered on today's survival show before. It's only $20, and you get several hours worth of good material, and you help to support my show. I don't have sponsors. And I, and I don't, you know, it's intentional. I don't have sponsors on purpose. 
because I want to keep this as commercial free and information packed as I possibly can. But if you could if you could support me, that'd be great. Go to todayssurvival.com, click the Survival Champions Club. There's a buy now button for the Survival Champions Club. You'll see it over on the right hand side of the webpage, and I'll email all the instructions for you to download your special podcasts from me. Uh, okay, this is Bob Main. Thanks again for listening to another episode of today's Survival Show. It's my goal to help you do what you can with what you have, wherever you are. It's all common sense, folks, and personal responsibility. Thanks for tuning in. I'll catch you next week. Goodbye. <laughs>